Welcome to the Web3 Artist Spotlight, the podcast that shines a spotlight on talented artists who are leveraging Web3 technology to sell their art and connect with collectors in new and innovative ways. Through in-depth interviews, we learn more about the artists behind the art and uncover their unique creative processes, inspirations, passions, and the stories behind their captivating artworks. From seasoned professionals to emerging talents, we bring you a diverse range of voices from the Web3 community, and we delve deeper into how blockchain technology, NFTs, and decentralized platforms are revolutionizing the art industry. Carolyn Hammond is a talented artist who blends traditional digital and AI mediums to create works with depth and meaning. Carolyn is also a healer who positively impacts the community by offering in-person and online art workshops that help others find peace and relaxation through creating. She is also a community builder and spaces host. And with that, John Carlos and I welcome Carolyn to the space. Thank hello you. hello hello all right <laughs> that's awesome so um so i usually like to kick it off this way carolyn maybe take like five minutes and tell us a little bit more about yourself you know your story and how you came into the web3 space okay so where do i start long story um artistically in, in some respects this is a recent part of my journey, probably like many of the the listeners and, and the people that you've had on, I wanted to be an artist from a very young age. I, I was an artist um, and loved it in school and actually wanted to go in to animation and cartooning. Um, but like many of us, I think, didn't have parental support, particularly didn't have the support of the school um, because it, it, you know, it was something I think that people didn't really think would earn you enough of a living to survive. Um, and I think in part they were right. However, um, as a result of that, being discouraged as a child, I found myself going down a different path. And looking back, and again, I think many people share the same view, looking back, I kind of I'm sad that I didn't get into it, back into it sooner. However, I guess my journey is my journey and my journey has shaped me in the way that it has and led me to be the person that I am. And therefore, maybe I wouldn't have made it anyway that I needed to do what I needed to do to get here. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, that makes makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah sorry, go on. No, no, no. Yeah, no, I, I was going to say I agree. And I think because sometimes maybe you, you need to go through those other experiences and, and things, you know, to then get to the person you are now with the inspiration and the mindset you have, right? So, you know, Absol- maybe, maybe you had to go through that path first, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the things that has happened when I look back um, at the years, I never left art completely. If anything, I was a frustrated artist. So I spent a lot of my life doing other things, um, you know, including raising children and, and whatever, and having a busy life and not able to dedicate the time to it that I wanted to. So I was a frustrated artist. 
but would be pulled back to it every so often. And so would get my paints out, my pencils, whatever it was. But, but nothing I did particularly enthused me. Most of it ended up in the bin <laughs> in those days. And, but, but I never, ever lost sight of the need, the hunger, whatever it is that you want to call it, whatever it is that drives us creatives to continue. I never, ever lost sight of that and continued. And then something very strange happened during COVID. So COVID for me um, was, a, you know, for many of us, I think, an amazing opportunity. Now, I, you know, I, I put into context that it was a horrible thing for us all as well. And, you know, the fact that people lost people and, and all of that. But, I, but also there was an opportunity in the world and the space in the world. I sensed the space in the world and began to do art in a different way. Up until that point, as bizarre as this may seem, I'd really only done black and white and I was scared of colour and hadn't introduced colour into my work. Yeah. So it was really strange that I started at that point to introduce colour. And now, you, you, you know, it, it's just, I, I just find it, it's almost like magic. Um, so that facilitated that for me. And then it was an exponential rise in what I was doing, my confidence, my creative practice, um, and, and all of that really came together at that point. Um, so it was amazing. And also during COVID, and I know you've picked up on this, so, you know, I appreciate the fact that you've done some research and I'm really impressed with that. So thank you. Um, I also did do some online workshops for people. Um, and that partly arose out of period of stress in my own life as a result of employment, intense stress. Um, and again, I returned to art during that period and started to, for want of a better word, it was really doodling. It, it wasn't with any structure, but I found it incredibly therapeutic. And when you're doing art, I don't think you can allow stress in. It just doesn't exist. And so I thought, well, there's all these people in the world going through this horrendous time. Let's let's see what you know what what I can do to help. And that's what I did. I did it via Eventbrite. I did it free of charge. There was no charge, um, and people came along, and and it was amazing. It, it really was amazing. So I haven't done it for a while. Probably will do it at some point. So there was that as well. So. Yeah, I bet people can. I bet people could probably still benefit a lot from that as well. I mean, <laughs> I and I, and I um I can relate to that because I feel like when I um create art, you know, it just it's like such a good way to kind of disconnect for a moment from like the stresses and things of life, and it's just like, and then that moment, I'm just like present in, within myself, you know, and it's I, I can totally see how it could be so like therapeutic and helpful for people, you know, to, to just be able to kind of be mindful within the art, right. And, 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 um, you know, and kind of shut, shut away or turn off a lot of the other, you know, stressful things that may be going on in your life at that moment. Well, absolutely. And I think what happened with me, because, because it was unstructured art that I was doing 
during that time. So there wasn't any shape to it. There wasn't any form to it. It was purely abstract doodling, as I say, lines, pens, you know, and whatever. And I encourage people to to come along with, with no, or what they believe to be no artistic skill at all, because you really didn't need any and you don't need any. But just that, you know, I've studied psychology and just breaking, just finding a way when you're stressed to break that state, that negative mindset, that spin that you're in is just such a powerful thing. And it's such a simple thing to do and we can all do it. And if we do it and we apply ourselves, then it can make such a big difference to life. So, yeah, I think you're right. And I I probably will do it at some point. Maybe I'll do it for Web3. And I love that part of it about the positive mindset, because I even like how you framed COVID, right? You said like, you know, it's a very challenging time, but you pointed out as an opportunity, right? And how, you know, it actually brought about a lot of positive things in your life, like adding color to your artwork, you know, building that confidence, doing this other way, this outreach through through art to to help people. So that's that's so cool, and I love that. I, I mean, that's I'm also a very big proponent of of really um, you know trying to have a kind of positive outlook and perspective on things because I think it's um, you know that's the game, right? I think it's you know it's really figuring out how to how to have that mindset. So um, so you told us a little bit about the, that background and how you know you were you know always loved art discouraged from it, a bit of a frustrated artist, but you never lost that creative drive and that passion. Um, can you tell us then about like, you know, continuing to fast forward, like how did you actually make it into the Web3 space? Like how did you discover it and and, um, and learn about it? Well, that, that was interesting. So <laughs> my daughter, I had been aware um, and I'd, I'd sort of looked at it and, and I think, and I think everybody will understand if you're not in Web3 and you look at it, it's incredibly intimidating and scary and, you know, all of those words that you can think of to be daunted is exists. And so I'd sort of looked at it and thought, oh, God, no, you know, I, I, you know, I can't, I'm really fascinated, but I, I don't I can't, uh, you know, whatever, all, all of that. So I sort of moved away from it. But my daughter um, mentioned it to me one day and she said, you know, I think that you need to look at this. I think your art would fit. I think who you are would fit. I think you need really need to look at it. And I thought, OK, I'll, I'll have another look. So I had another look. I was equally as scared <laughs> as I was before. Um, however, I had some mentoring with an artist lady who's on Twitter, um, who I'd had some uh, mentoring with before, and she had just got into NFTs. And I messaged her and said, are you doing anything around NFTs? And she said, yes, I can help. So I had some sessions with her and it just helped to talk to somebody who was already in it and was able to just say, look, you know, that this is what you need to do. These are the steps. And I think thinking back that the most powerful message that I had from her in it all was to look at Twitter. Now, Twitter wasn't a platform that I'd been heavily involved. I think I've been a member since 2016, hadn't really done anything with it, had been on Facebook and Instagram, wasn't finding them particularly, um, uh, what's the word, engaging. Um, 
But she said, you know, the Web3 space exists in Twitter. Have a look, you know, see what you think and, and that. And I thought, okay. So this was in May of 2022. Uh, so from May 2022 until August last year, I sat on the fence, but I was watching what was going on. So I was, you know, seeing all the characters, all the players, all of the, the people, the way you all talk, the way we all talk. Now I'm in there as well. Um, and just watching what was happening, really. And at first, again, intimidation, you know, thinking, oh, God, I don't even understand what these people are talking about. What Where am I going to fit here as an artist? And then you look at the projects and you think, well, I'm, a, I'm an artist. I'm not a project. How does that work? And then I thought, right, OK, I, I've got to start engaging and, and trying to understand the world. And that's really the story of how I've come to be here. And I've taken it very slowly. And I think, to be honest, if I was giving advice to anybody coming into Web3, that is actually the thing to do. Don't expect to be integrated or to integrate yourself from day one, because I don't think it works that way. Uh, and I think you're setting yourself up for a bad experience if you do that. Um, so just take your time, be yourself, be authentic and be honest. And I think that people respond to that. I do as a person. And so if you behave the way you expect to be treated, then I think you get treated in, in the same way by and large. And, and that's really been my journey. So I, I, I think I'm still at the beginning here. You, you know, I've just minted for the first time. And oh my God, that was so scary as well. <laughs> <laughs> I can so, feel you on that, Carolyn. Yeah, oh, I, mean, I, I minted my first thing not, not too long ago either. You know, and, 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 it, and it was like a little bit daunting. Like, am I doing this right? And I think you, I remember you messaged me with a warning sign. Yeah, you got from up and see, and you're like... Oh my God, what's going on? Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Honestly, if they want to onboard people into Web3, they've got to get a grip of the terminology, the way that, you know, it, it all hangs together. I think there's some books got to be written by people that know what they're talking about. And, it, you know, it, it is a scary world. However, once you do it, it's like anything, isn't it? You've got to do it. You've got to bite the bullet. You've got to feel the fear and do it anyway. And once you start to do it, then it will get easier. Everything's easier once we know how to do it. We're just going to get there. Yeah, no, 100%. I think that's it, it is very daunting. And, and I think it's more what you did too, right? Because I think there's a lot to learn, right? There's a lot to learn in terms of the terminology, the lingo, the culture itself. I mean, this is its own kind of like culture, its own world. It's very different than just like traditional Web2 space. And I think sometimes it'd be just getting a little bit of time to really understand the culture, make connections and all that I think is important. And, and even also even understanding the technology and security, you know, because there's a lot of things there that are, um, yeah, I mean, you know, it, you can get burned pretty bad if you don't, uh, if you don't really take some, some precautions and things up front. And um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Right? absolutely. We, we were on a space last week with 3D 
bystander. And one of the things that he said that was quite powerful for me, actually, and is going to have to, you know, my, me to up my game, is he, he, he mentioned having to understand the se- technology that sits behind it. And, and you know what? I think I've shied away from that. And I think a lot of artists shy away from that. But I think we've got to. I think there is a need to understand what is going on under the hood, as they say, you know, the engine. Um, because once that clicks into place, then you're halfway there, aren't you? But without that knowledge, you know, you're sort of floundering a little bit, I think. Do you agree? I agree. Yeah, I think I think there's at least, I mean, you, you probably don't have to become an expert, right? You know, but I think you have to have enough understanding, you know, to just know, like, what are the different components, kind of how does it work? And, and um, you know, just, just enough, right, I think, to, to, to make sure you're not completely running blind. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Yeah. So that's really in a nutshell how I come to be here. And you know what? I, I just think, oh, honestly, I, I am such a, such a fan now that anybody that I can speak to about Web3, crypto, NFTs, I bore them to death. Um, and, and I, I, you know, I try not to, because you you can see in some cases there's a glazing over of the eyes and they they don't want to hear it, but I just think it's amazing. It really is the the community, the, the, the openness, you know, and, and I'm not daft. I think I'm not stupid. There, There are obviously things that go on underneath and there are bad actors in the space, but there are bad actors everywhere. You know, and I think as long as you inform yourself of that, then this space is like nothing else I've ever experienced. Yeah, so. I, I completely agree. And I mean, like you said, yeah, there are some bad actors, but I've, I've felt at least from my experience, you know, being in this space and pretty deep in it for more than a, you know, like a year and a half, that it's just an overwhelmingly positive, supportive community. And, and I feel you like I want to kind of like tell everybody about it, but it's one of those things that I think it's hard for people to really comprehend and understand unless they're like in it right so it's i always find myself kind of like struggling to really convey all of that to people sometimes going to like an irl event with people that are like in web3 is so cool because you can finally get to like talk about it with other people that are just as passionate about it that you don't usually get to do with like other folks you may interact with like on a day you know day-to-day basis so you, you know what I absolutely get that and it was something that so you know Daniela who I do the spaces with and it was mm-hmm. something that she said to me quite early on is is get people out of web3 especially if you're considering working with them because you need to know that that person is a real person. And chances are, if they're a bad actor, they're not going to come out of the woodwork anyway. They don't want that kind of connection. But they, they want to hide in the virtual space. So, you, you know, and I'm very open as an individual. My phone number's on the internet, you know. It's just 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 who I am. And because I have, you know, a, um, a background outside of art and a, a traditional art background before I came to Web3, I'm out there. So you can find me. You, you know, I have nothing to hide. Um, and I think that's the key. We, we have to engage outside of the virtual space to trust one another. Um, and I think that's important. Yeah, no, definitely. So um, where I want to go next, because I know you mentioned like, so you very recently, you know, just kind of minted your, your first set of uh, NFTs after having done a lot of like traditional artwork. 
Um, and so you do have a collection that you just kind of launched now, which was called like uh, the Celestial Collection. So I wanted to see maybe you could tell us a little bit more about Celestial Collection and what inspired you to create it. So the Celestial Collection is um, a collection of 12 zodiac signs, which will be uh, released monthly now. So I've started with Pisces. And the reason I did it, and, and it was it was strange, actually, and very challenging because I, as I said to you earlier, I had some mentoring with this lady. And one of the things she said, of course, was that Web3 like collections and people like to collect things. So if you can come up with an idea for something that, you know, the, the people will get behind because either they want to collect the whole set or they want to collect their birth sign, it, you know, that would be a good thing to do. And it was a challenge because I've never had to constrain or, or channel what I do to produce something. Um, I've done commissions and that's challenging, <laughs> but in that way, it, you know, I thought, oh God, I don't know if I can do this over 12 separate things. It, it, you know, so it was, it was difficult, I have to say, but I did it and I'm glad I did it because now I know I can do it. Um, and that was an important journey for me. So the simple answer to that was it was something that came out of something that I had to do to focus and to work towards moving into Web3. Is it, is it where I see myself going? I'm not sure. It, it's funny. I still struggle. And we were chatting about this the other day. I, I still struggle as an artist to understand where I fit in Web3. and probably that's as a result of the main focus being the projects and then you look back at the history and you see the bored apes and you know sappy seals and everybody that's doing really well and then you think well hang on where, <laughs> where do I fit here I, th yeah. I think I'm I think I'm becoming clearer on it and again you know you know quoting 3D bystander this week who's a very successful artist on in web3 you know i i get what what he was saying but it's almost it's almost like that level of art is going on over there and i'm over here and i don't know if you feel like that or other artists feel like that but that's yeah. kind of kind of where i am at the moment yeah, so it's on, interesting. No, yeah, no, no, no. It's interesting because, and uh, and I'm sure you're not the only person that feels that way either, right? I I actually came into this space primarily was through those larger collections, projects, and things like that, right? So I, I actually came in through oh, wow. Be Friends, and and for probably I want to say almost like the first year of being in the NFT space it was all really just focused on projects. You know, it was like learning about you know, doodles and more ape and like all these other initiatives and, you know, and, and that's really, and then building community and learning stuff that way. But it, it wasn't really till like middle of last year that I started to see there was like this whole other world or other side of the space that wasn't about just these like larger collections and projects and getting into these more or less token gated communities there was also a lot of like actual artists 
that were using the technology, the platform, the space to actually create, showcase, and sell their art. And that was a little bit eye-opening for me because I had a very interesting like kind of background and story like you, like very similar in some ways. I was discouraged from doing art. I used to love it as a kid. And um, and this was like eye-opening, like, oh, there's people that are actually like making art, art that they want to make, not just something that they're being commissioned to do or or something that they're, you know, creating for for some company or something else, but it's actually their their expression of their artistic expression being created, minted, and sold on the blockchain. And that's where I, I started my whole like process of like researching and learning more about artists and people that were doing stuff in the space, which actually then translated later into me wanting to start these weekly spaces to begin with. It was really like I want to learn more about these people that are creating and selling art. And through that process, like bringing people on here, like Alyssa Stevens, like Jason Chambers was here in the, in the, in the audience, probably uh, grocery shopping right now. Uh, people like Anna, like there's, there's a lot of folks that I, that I learned about that, you know, they started creating their, their, and selling their own art and being able to, to make a living that way. So it just kind of made me realize that there's a whole other side of this space that isn't just about these like large corrections or derivative, you know, d- um, derivative art and, you know, like, you know, make, making all these like different kind of like large scale type things, you know, that there's actually a space for artists here to be able to like create and sell their art. So I think, yeah, I think, and a lot of people, I think get introduced to the space because of those larger collections, but it's really cool. Like once you start diving deeper into the the art side and even the the collector side, that there is a whole other side of this of this space, and and there is a space for people you know to create art. And I would argue too that you know you don't also sometimes have to even constrain yourself to you know just doing collections. You know if you want to create other things, I mean th- there are there are collectors out there that are also interested in it. You know you can you know just. Make it about what you want to create, what you want to express, and and if you put it out there, you know there there will be people that that resonate with it, you know. So I wanted to just share that because uh, because yeah, I had a you know, similar you know introduction into the space, and it's been really interesting to kind of I you know figure out and see that there's actually other a whole other side of it really, which is a lot more uh, focused on the art side. Oh yes, that's really interesting actually because you you kind of you know when I became more active in August and started talking to people and looking more closely at the projects and what was going on, I started to think, well, you know, what, what, what am I bringing here? There seemed to be a need to bring something over and above the art. You know, the, the, the people seem to gather behind the communities because they like the NFT, but there's also the community. There's also value, you know, like Gary V. I've read about that, you know, so there's all of that. And I'm thinking, well, oh, God. OK, so I, it's not just about my art. It has to be about something else that I'm doing in amongst all of that. And that took me a little while to sort of work through. And I know, you know, again, we were chatting on the space this week about it and they were saying, well, no, you're an artist. And so art is your utility. That's what you bring to the table. And I get that. I get that. But I think, again, there's a gap between those people that that are now earning and making a living and able to, uh, you know, they, they have a following and they have a collection and everybody knows what it is that they are bringing to the table. 
And then the rest of us who are still trying to get there. And I think what what happened with me and part of my life's journey, I guess, was I began to realise that perhaps there's something of me that the space can benefit from, which is I have a business background, um, you know, I've studied psychology, so there's positive thinking and that kind of thing. And I thought, well, the things that I've learned over the years, I can bring to the space to to build a community, to build people up, to build capacity, because I'm I'm very much focused that way, and that's what the spaces are all about. But then I still have a question as to are people following me for that or are they following me for art? So it, it gets kind of confused, doesn't it, along the way? And I still am. You know, like a lot of us, trying to find clarity on all of that. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, that makes sense. And uh, and when, I mean, the other thing I would say as well is it probably doesn't have to be an or; it could be an and. You know, you can do some of those things and you know create art in the process. And maybe some will come to see you for the art, and some will come to see you for the psychology or the spaces or something else. Um, so that's what I wanted. To, I know, Jenny, you got you got your hand up, so go ahead. Yeah, basically, I was just going to echo that, that it does not have to be an or and that the utility that you can bring to your community is not just your art, which art is always the utility. Um, And strategically, you could always give people more art, right? Like airdrops or um, prints or things like that. But um, that you yourself, your presence as an artist is also a utility, your ability to hold those spaces, your ability to communicate with those collectors, um, and how you are able to tie in your um, strengths as a healer into your artwork also will always resonate with your collector base. So I don't think it should ever be an or. Well, that's good to hear. And I think that I'm, I'm becoming, I'm coming closer to realizing that. And, and I think that I'm also becoming aware that that I have a need for that as well, because that's who I am. And so who I am is coming out through my posts, through the space, through this today, I hope. Um, and And I think that that's it, isn't it? And isn't that what we talk about a lot? Having that authentic voice, being being heard, being understood. Um, and and people resonating with that really, and that's how you know it's a glib comment I know, but it's how we find our tribe, isn't it? Really, a hundred percent. And I I actually use that phrase quite a lot. I don't care if it sounds cliche because I genuinely believe it and have experienced it that we do gravitate towards each other in very unique and special ways. Like in this room alone, I have had at least four or five different occasions of things that have given me goosebumps, similarities, uh, be it where I lived, (laughs) uh, be it circumstances that have happened in the past. It's just very interesting how when you put yourself out there, the frequency gets received and you really do bring people who get you and who want to support you and vice versa. Absolutely. I think you're right. And I think it's incredibly powerful, actually, 
Um, and whilst I think that the virtual space has a lot of pitfalls in terms of, you know, we've touched on bad actors, I think also it's an incredibly powerful thing because we do pick up energy, we do pick up vibes, we do find our way towards people who are similar to us energetically. And I think that's just amazing, amazingly powerful. 100%. Any you want to ask your questions? Yeah. So um, for your celestial collection, you chose Pisces as the first symbol. Um, and you did say that you were going to be doing other signs. Do you know which one will be coming next? Um, I think Aries is next. They'll they'll come as they come in terms of the months. So Aries is next. Pisces is first. I think Pisces purely, I'm drawn towards, I'm a Gemini, but I'm drawn towards that image for some reason. So that's why I went with that. I'm a Gemini Uh, as well. And I was drawn to it because of the duality. It's very similar. Yeah. 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 I get that. That's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so Aries next, and then they will just roll out from there. Cool. And then, um, thank you for answering that. And then the other question uh, that I had was, in terms of ADA, I was doing some research on um, your creation, ADA, and just found your description to be very fascinating and was hoping that you could um, share with everybody who ADA is, how you created um, them, if I'm saying it correctly, from reading your description. Yes, you are. Yeah, okay. So ADA stands for Algorithm-Derived Art. And ADA was born as a result of me exploring um, AI-generated art. I haven't done anything with it as such yet. I've just been exploring. But in exploring um, AI art, I asked the generator to generate an image of what it looked like, what it thought it looked like. And the result was disturbing um, because it's, all of the images that it produced were masculine in nature. And I asked for several variations. And it was a very simple question. I didn't try and lead it. It was just very simple. And they all came out kind of the same. And I thought, well, that's really strange. Anyway, I I came away from it and sort of put it out of my mind, but then kept thinking about it and thinking about it. And then I read something about these things developing sentience. And that started my mind down a path which I thought, well, there's this thing, this art generator being guided by all of us to create art. And if it develops sentience or some form of awareness or creativity or or whatever, it, it would be sad. In, in just the same way as we would be sad creatively if all we ever did was churn out stuff that other people wanted and then they threw it back at us and said, that's not what I wanted. Can you tweak it? Because I want it to be like this. And I thought, surely the art generator should be non-binary, not, not, you know, not falling on either camp. 
and and I began to think about an image, and that's how Ada was born, really. Um, and so I I produced her based, although although I say her because everybody says it's her, and it has a feminine vibe, and I guess that comes from me, but but it is really an it or a, a non-binary or whatever or a you they. want to say. Yeah, they, well, you know, whatever. Um, but it's funny, I was showing somebody yesterday and they said her and I said, well, I'm not sure. I don't know what you think. Do you see a she? I do see femininity in there, yes. Yeah. It's probably yeah. from me, isn't it? It comes yeah. from, yeah. Because and, in theory, the AI is kind of an, a mirror, right, to us. Yeah, so yeah. It would make yeah. sense. The person behind is yeah. uh, creating that, but I do see the other. I do see the other features, though, that um, definitely are more masculine. Yeah. So that's that's really the background to Ada. Got yeah. it. And I find that fascinating that you were able to sort of like tap into empathizing with the AI. I um, was joking with John Carlos when I was reading <laughs> the description. <laughs> that I have had a kind of not similar experience, but we have an Alexa in the house. And uh, sometimes, you know, the kids get frustrated because it doesn't yield the, the results that it wants. And they'll be like, oh my God, Alexa, you could be so <laughs> dumb sometime. And I'm like, ah, 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 let's not do that because you never know if in the future that thing, quote, thing might have <laughs> sentience and then they'll remember that you were mean to them so please be kind and use nice words and I giggle because I know that that might sound crazy to somebody else but when I read your description I was like oh she was able to, to not see this as uh so much of as a tool but possibly that 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 thing has some kind of real um emotion to it so well yeah absolutely just added a picture of Ada into the chat. I hope that's okay because maybe people haven't yeah. seen it. And and the picture that I've added isn't one that I've shared before. But if you look in the bottom right-hand corner of the image, I don't know if you can see it now, you'll see the image that the AI created of itself. That was the first image. So you see it, Jenny? It should come through now. Uh, not just yet. It it'll come, so you can have a look at that in a minute. So that that's yeah, there it is, you know, yeah, but yeah. Um, yeah. So I th I think I I'm oh, I don't know I'm fascinated by it, and I and I do see it as a tool that can be used by artists. I, you know, I see it um, in terms of artists that are working in the industry, these concept artists particularly, I think it will speed up workflow. Um, so I think that, you know, it's going to be an amazing tool. And I think also, I think that I could work with it in lots of ways, but it wouldn't be, it probably would be 50-50 or 40-60 with, with me manipulating it more, but using it as a base. I don't know. I reserve judgment at the minute. What What do you think? Are you going to use it, Giancarlo? Yeah, you know, it's one of the things I, I've 
you know, we've had I've had like a lot of conversations with folks about AI art, and and it's been interesting hearing different people's perspectives and uses. Right, I do agree with what you said about it maybe helping to like improve workflow and things like that. And and sometimes like I'll even for like writing, for example, um, if I'm getting kind of stuck on like how I want to say something, you know, I'll maybe go and use like chat GPT and then kind of see what, what it produces and be like, ah, okay. Yeah. Maybe, so it'll give me maybe like some, some ideas or a missing piece to something that I, an idea or something I wanted to convey. And I've heard a lot of artists mention, and actually I think in one of the spaces Jenny and I were on once one day with like Eddie Gangland, you know, it was actually the space the day after he like started exploring AI and, you know, talking about it. And he was like, oh, this stuff is so cool because, you know, he's like, you could just like have it like spit out stuff and just give you like a lot of other sources of inspiration and ideas, you know, and then maybe not necessarily you're going to maybe use that art you know, in and of itself, but then maybe just use it as like a reference point or something like, oh, okay, yeah, I, I can I can kind of create something like this, you know. So I I've played around a little bit with some of the tools and, you know, again, just to, just for like ideas or brainstorming. Um I don't know if I, I would actually use it purely itself for like artwork I would sell, but I am interested also in doing um some story writing so like uh, there's some like kind of like kids type stories that that i want to write and i i like to create art but i don't think i can like produce like the amount of like images and illustrations i'd want to go with it like at the the speed i'd want to right to like not hold up the book or whatever so i have thought like ah maybe i could leverage ai for something like that to go along with like storytelling you know and, I, and i've seen I, I know other artists like that are also like using ai like jenny b who's in the audience here uh there's another person um the dude who, who also just released the collection he made of like one of one you know ai art that goes along with like this whole like storytelling and this world that he's created so i think there's a lot of really interesting and cool applications of AI art, um, and it's it's interesting. I just I think it's it's cool, you know, to to see it. Like I think it could be a big, you know, very helpful tool for, again, just added inspiration for you know maybe collaborating. You know, I've seen people like kind of collaborate with AI, so they'll do some parts of it themselves, or they'll generate something and then kind of like enhance it or add other features to it in in in, in their tool, like Procreate or whatever it is. So. I think we'll just see a lot of, uh, I think if anything, it's just going to really untap a lot of uh, additional creativity. You know, I think we'll just see a lot of other other art and, and maybe people being able to create more um, because of having those added tools at their disposal. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think it's a platform that, that we can push off from into a different direction and take our art in different directions. And that's, that's really helped me, actually, because that's helped crystallize my thinking on it. Um, and I think that's exactly it, really. I, I think we'd be, I don't know. I, I think everybody's going to find their own path, haven't they? But it's certainly something that I would encourage people to explore. That is for sure. Yeah, I think if anything, just uh, yeah, just have fun with it too. You know, I think uh, it, it's kind of cool sometimes just to like, you have some ideas in your mind or maybe some visions of something and you're like, let me just throw in some prompts and see what this produces, you know, and then play around with like different themes. And and it's, it's just fun at the end of the day to do that. So, but if it could also spark additional inspiration, that's awesome too. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, it's funny. Um, so when I, when I was reading also a little bit of your description of um, ADA, you know, it got me thinking a lot about 
that movie Her by by Spike Jones. Um, you know that came out. I don't remember what year it came out in, but uh, when, when Joaquin Phoenix was in, it, he did a you know fantastic job playing there. But in in that movie, you know, it depicted this world, you know, where like AI essentially have have feelings, right, and they develop relationships and all this stuff, you know. So when when you kind of talked about like empathizing with it. It, it like took my head there. Maybe it would kind of think like maybe I want to rewatch that movie <laughs> again. And I was kind of curious if like you actually see us, you know, in society getting to a point where you know AI, you know, essentially become like other beings, right? And with feelings and you know, developing relationships and things like that. Well, absolutely. And on the back of what Jenny said about the Alexa in the house, I I can identify with that completely. We we have Alexa in in lots of rooms, and we refer to her as senile because she does daft things. <laughs> you, you know, my, my husband's delivering training on the kitchen table, and he's not talking to Alexa, and he hasn't mentioned Alexa, and yet Alexa starts chatting to him. And you know, I'll be doing the dinner, and I've got various timers going, and they all stop, and I tell her to stop, and she carries on with the timers you know, the the um, noise that the timer has gone off. So we, as humans, don't we, need to attach um, what, what's, emotions. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, we need to understand. We need to make sense of things, don't we? And I guess if, if you take that to the next level, we've created these things. We are creating them. In a way, they're part of us, aren't they? And so these idiosyncrasies, these odd things, we like it because it makes them more human. It makes them more understandable. Um, Where that's going to go in terms of algorithms and sentience and whatever, I've no idea. But there are rumblings about it, aren't there? Yeah, definitely. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, um, all right, switching gears a little bit. I, I, you know, when I was kind of going through your website, Carolyn, because, you know, you've been also doing like traditional art for a while. Um, I saw that on the site, you, uh, you showcase some really beautiful portraits, right? With these very bright colors and they're kind of filled in with these like organic shapes and patterns. Um, and I'm going to, I'm going to pin it up. I just added it in the comments, but I'll throw it up here as well. So people can see it. Um, I was curious if maybe you can talk a little bit more about those pieces, those kind of portraits. And I was curious if maybe you might be considering, uh, creating some kind of like NFT collection or just you know, releasing art, you know, kind of in that style, um, showcasing those kind of, uh, type of portraits that you've made. And I'm, I'm going to pin it up so people can see it too. Yes, so I'm really glad that you've raised this, actually. And and this has been an interesting thing for me. So artistically, I I have realized and got to the point where that, what what you're showing, and there's others on the site as well, is where my heart lies in terms of art. And, And again, it's been an interesting journey because I have struggled with faces all of my life. I could draw and and that and paint in school and, you know, O-level art, no problem. When it came to a face, it would look like a four-year-old had done it. And so that, that I have struggled with and tried and tried over the years to get it, you know, better and right. And again, COVID, lockdown, time, space, you know, a bit of a creativity boost, and it all sort of came together with, with faces for me. But what I didn't want to do, or, or what, what I was led not to do, was produce 
conventional portraits. So where my passion lies is that when we look at people or we look at portraits of people, we, we see the image, but we don't see the person. And we often talk about, oh, somebody's done an amazing portrait and you can see the light in the eyes or the expression uh, that represents the person. And, and we're always looking for that extra depth. And I got that. And so what I wanted to do was produce portraits, produce art that, yes, was a likeness of the person so that you, you know, you would look at it and say, well, OK, that's me or that's so and so. But it's more than them. And so what I did was in the in the beginning, it was friends and family. And then I've done a couple of commissions as well. And the commissions that I did. I would spend time on Zoom, and again, it was during lockdown, a lot of these happened, talking to the person, talking about what they like, and, and not intending and, and never promising to put any of what I was told into the art, but using what I was told to inspire me and shape the art, if that makes sense. So I was, wasn't working to a brief other than doing the portrait. They wanted a portrait and they understood my style. And this, you know, I would talk to them, but but the outcome would be unique to them. And that's really what I did. And it was a strange thing. Again, that happened on the space last week. I thought, that's that's where I need to be. That's what excites me. And whilst I adore and love the the Celestial collection, and I've done another collection, which you'll probably see if you look on my feed, is kind of girls with glasses, and there's a, a theme going on. So the same girl, different day, and they've all got glasses. It's all the same girl. Uh, and I adore it, and I love it. But I'm going to go back to the portraiture because... I find the the challenge. It's not challenge. It, it's the 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 process. I find a, ma- a magical process. Does that make sense? I don't know whether I'm making any sense. No, you are. Yeah, <laughs> you definitely are. Um, and I, I mean, I just found those portraits to be so beautiful, you know. And and now hearing you kind of talk about it and the process. I feel like you, you you need to you should create some of these like definitely for like an, an, you should continue that and and actually do it now on the Web three platform. I think you that know, you know a, what Gian- yeah. Giancolo, I haven't stopped. I have so many of them. I I am a compulsive creator of them, and I see faces now, or I will see images, and I I just need to produce them, and that's what happens. So I have lots, and you're right. I do need to put them out there and that will be a collection that, that will be coming coming soon. Yes, yes, definitely. Go for it. Yeah, and yeah. you know what's cool too is you... Oh, sorry, go ahead, Jenny. I don't want to cut you off. No, just I was just saying, yes, I love it. Like I'm just staring at Livia's face and <clears throat> just thinking how intuitively you created. It's almost like you're having a, an interview with this person and it comes up. 
And it's such a unique process and it shows and it like really shows in these faces. And uh, I think that a collection like that would do very, very well. It's, it's a scary process as well. And I think doing a commission for anyone is scary. And a portrait is scary anyway, because you want to capture the person. But then, you, you know, the, 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 the on top of it, the, the, uh, one of my children said to me, it's chaotic, but it's calm. That there's something about it. There's yeah. a chaos. There's a calmness in the chaos, and I quite like that. That makes perfect sense to me yeah. in terms of the human condition. Yes, <laughs> because yeah. often we we may appear calm, but we're not. But there's <laughs> chaos know? under the surface. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, and that that I think is what I want to capture in a person. And it isn't a bad thing. It's not that you're capturing. The, the bad in somebody it's the complexity it's the diversity it's the the layers of the person that don't normally get seen that makes sense agree I was just um in my head I was thinking about how our brains are just constantly in motion just constantly thinking and that inside of us energetically there's always energy flowing you know ups downs ebbs and lows and highs and, and that how in a way, like to me, when I look at their faces, it's like that. It's like their energy patterns are just um, on the surface instead of inside. And yes, uh, that it communicates it. something about their personality. Yes. Uh, absolutely. I love that description. And that is, that is it in a nutshell. And the one, the Lydia that you mentioned there, that, that lady sort of said that and and that was fascinating. She said, you look at it and every time you look at it, you see something different. And I thought that that's just so amazing. And that I, I find that humbling because, you know, I go back to what I said, which is I don't know where things are going when I start what I do. I've no real plan, not not even, you know, and, and, and as I said, in terms of the Zoom calls, I allow them to inspire me and guide me, but I'm not listening to the person thinking, oh, okay, they really like purple and green. So I'm going to put purple and green in this because they like it. That, that isn't the case. That isn't the case. Um, yeah. So does that make sense? A hundred percent. And actually, um, Giancarlos uh, has interviewed um, another artist, Alyssa Stevens, mm -hmm. whose process is very much just like what you described. Um, oh, wow. One of our other friends, uh, Sarkis, um, also creates from a place of not knowing, on purpose, does not box themselves in, just goes to the paper or to the canvas and just allows it to be. And then what comes out of that is just so freaking incredible because of the mm -hmm. fact that they're not planning it. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, like collections that are pre-planned definitely have their own unique value, but that there is something really cool um, when an artist just is able to tap into that and and have us receive. Yeah, hundred percent. Even I think Jason, when he was on as well, he talked about how he just starts with a line, and then from there the creation just kind of takes a, a shape of its own as well. So yeah, so definitely a lot of the, a lot of the artists uh, we've had on the, the space uh, talked about you know kind of creating that way. Just uh, absolutely letting just letting the inspiration you know just 
you know, kind of drive the work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think, I think sometimes, uh, you know, over the years in my life, trying, you know, as I described being a frustrated artist, I tried to do what I thought needed to be done. And once you do that, the creative process is gone or it went mm-hmm. for me but because I can't do it to order. I can't do it based on what I think somebody else thinks I should do. And that, I think, was the turning point during COVID and the freedom I gave myself to explore. So instead of sitting in front of a blank piece of paper and thinking, well, I can't do it because I can't draw a face or I can't do this or I can't do that. Actually, I'm just going to get on with it. And that's what I did. And it, and it really all flowed from there. Um, I did have a question. Uh, so on the website, um, you mentioned that you can be contacted for commission work and these pieces uh, that are pinned to the top are commissioned. Do you have perhaps a favorite commission piece that you worked on? Uh, I have um, a piece that I've put up now. Did you see that one? Not just yet. So it'll it'll come through. I've I've just pinned one up. That that is my favorite, um, and it's called Physis P H Y S I S, which is something that develops or grows, and that is my favorite piece. So you'll see that in a few minutes. Oh. Is it this this one that I just pinned up? Yes. Oh, this is absolutely beautiful! Wow. Yes. So I that is my favorite. I have to say, that is my favorite. Stunning. I love the, I mean, the expression, the colors. Oh, gosh, it's it's just beautiful. Yeah, that, that is my favorite as well. And I think it just epitomizes that. It, it's, I don't, you know, I struggle sometimes to describe it. That's the problem, I think. When I'm asked about it, I struggle to describe it because it isn't conventional portraiture, but it is a portrait. It is recognizable. It is a person. But there's also the abstract elements to it as well. Um, so it's there's, just difficult. There's also like, it's interesting. We, we were talking about how like your vibe attracts your tribe. There's something about it that reminds me of like tribal native symbols. Yes. Yes. I, I, I'm coming to see that as well. There is a tribal element and, and maybe that, you know, maybe it's the psychologist in me in part in that we are all the same, what, whatever our you know, color, creed, religion, whatever. We are fundamentally the same. We are, um, you know, these complex humans underneath it all, whatever layers we have on top. And maybe that's what it's all about. Maybe there's a, you know, when I eventually put the collection together, maybe there will be a similarity in the difference, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Definitely, definitely makes sense. Um, and we've already kind of touched on this with the workshops, um, but I wanted to see if maybe you could speak to how you see the benefits of using art as a form of therapy. Yeah, um, we did touch on it. I, I think that uh, uh, having having used it myself during a period of stress, uh, and, you know, just picked up a felt and, and a canvas and started drawing lines and doodling. And again, getting lost in it to the extent that stress that I was feeling, which was driving me to distraction, was gone during the process. I recognized very quickly 
the therapeutic power of art. And I did know about it, you know, as I've mentioned, I've studied psychology. So I do know, you know, there's art therapy and it's very, you know, successful, very useful uh, for different people in different ways. So I did know, but I hadn't connected it in terms of myself and it wasn't a path that I was particularly going down. But having done it and realized the benefits of it, and, you know, I can't can't emphasize enough the power and the uh, space it it gave me during a very difficult time in my life. Um, it was just amazing. And it is just being able to break that state. Like they tell you, go to the gym, go for a walk, go and do something different. Get your head out of where, you know, where you're struggling at the moment. And I think many of us do different things. But we also, at times in life, think that we are stuck and we can't do it. We can't do anything. But what's easier than picking up a piece of paper with a biro even? You, you know, there isn't any expensive equipment needed. You just start doing it. And and the way I used to discuss this with people was doodling is something we tend to do anyway. How often are we on calls with people that we're finding challenging? And when you look at the pen, the paper that you've got in front of you, you've been doodling insanely during the conversation. So, you know, it's something that we naturally do as humans. And we've been using art since since we got here um, in, in various ways. So why wouldn't we use it therapeutically? And I, when I started working with people, I, I genuinely did not want them to think that they had to come, it was an art class and they had to come prepared and they had to be, you know, reasonably talented. There was none of that. It was just a group of people getting together with a camera, which was largely focused on the piece of paper in front of them. And you know what? It was stunning because sometimes we, we would chat at the beginning and we would introduce ourselves and it was a diverse group from all over the world. And then we'd just draw and sometimes somebody would say something to somebody, oh, you know, I really like that. What are you doing there? Where have you got that from? And they'd answer and say, oh, you know, I don't know. It's just coming out of my head. I have no idea. Um, it, you know, it was amazing. And, and I think there's some feedback on Google that people have given. And you, you read the feedback on how they felt during and after the process. And it's just amazing. It blows you away. It really does. You know, I happened to read it and I was very moved by it. Yes, me me too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Carolyn, I, I totally think you should do, you should, you should continue to do that. Maybe, maybe even have like a, although Twitter space doesn't really allow for like the, the video piece, but um, I don't know, through another, another platform or maybe you, you still do it as a Twitter space. Everybody draws and then maybe they can, uh, you know, share a picture of it or something, you know. That's a good idea. That's <laughs> yeah, something idea. like that, right? Yeah, yeah. maybe. Maybe. Yeah. I recently have seen um, friends in the community, um, like Sweet Baby Jeebus and the Stoics, use a platform called Restream that actually allows you to stream video um, right into any social media platform, including Twitter. Like oh, I wow. stopped doing it and I was like, how is this possible on Twitter? Like I was shocked. Ah. Wow, that's um, amazing. Yeah, so I'm going to send you um, that link so you can well, take Thank you. Mm -hmm. 
Oh, That's we should really look into useful. that, Jenny, too. Because Wow, yeah. yeah. That could be a <laughs> game changer for Twitter spaces. Yeah. People would see our faces. It, it would give a different depth layer, I think. Wow, yeah. Yeah. No, that would be cool. Yeah, we'll think for- about doing that. Yeah, I'd be I'd be up for that <laughs> for sure. <laughs> so cool. Okay, that's cool. So one other thing I was I did want to ask you as well, Caroline, because I know you're also uh, so you also host you know Twitter Spaces each week. I listened to part of the recording of the one you had this past Wednesday uh, with Shay, uh, which and, and uh, I forgot the artist's name now. Uh, it's what was three D three D bystander. 3D bystander, right? Um, and yeah. there was, you know, a lot of great information uh, on that one. And so I, I wanted to say maybe you want to like tell the folks in this audience like when you typically um, have your spaces and and usually what you kind of want people to get out of them. Like what's uh, usually like the focus and, and theme of your um, your spaces? Okay, um, so we myself and Nifty Daniela are hosting spaces every Wednesday at three o'clock GMT. Uh, the aim of the spaces really is to build capacity within Web3. And that's something that's developed over the time. I think Daniela and myself both knew we wanted to do spaces, but didn't kind of know where, where to go, you know, how, how to get a handle on it or anything. Um, but again, had connected and then connected outside of the virtual world, got chatting about it and thought, well, okay, we'll, we'll just go for it. And they've been incredibly well received. We are so, you know, honored and privileged that the people are coming. We're getting more and more people every week. Um, we're getting some amazing, you know, 3D bystander and Shay, you know, I was just so overwhelmed that they agreed to come and, and it was amazing, an amazing space. And I think it's just acknowledging. I, th- I think that I'm, I feel so early in the journey that there is so much that I have to learn. I think that generally, I think there are, you know, and I think it's safe in saying, and I'm sure somebody will, will think they are an expert. However, I'm not sure there are any experts here. We're just on different paths and at different places at different times. And so there is an awful lot to be learned and an awful lot to share. And I think that was the driving force behind the spaces for both of us. Um, And so we come each week with a theme. Um, This week, last week, it was uh, artists and collectors, their journey, experiences, for, for people to listen to and, and pick up gold nuggets, as Daniela calls them. And um, next week, we've got um, a Web2 marketing expert coming, um, but he is also in Web3 as well. And I see the two are similar, not the same by any means, but there's certainly stuff that can be learned. Um, and that's that was really the driving force. It, it is about imparting knowledge. It is about building capacity. Um, it is about wanting, again, wanting to share, wanting to add value, wanting to put something back. You know, I've been helped by so many people along the way, and I'm so grateful for that, that I want to do the same in return. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it makes, it makes a lot of sense. And, and I love that, right? I think it's, and I think it's so important because I think a big part of, of the space, right, is, is us really just kind of helping and supporting each other and learning together, right? I think you, you made a really good point that like, you know, this is still very new space. 
Um, and as much as maybe someone might want to claim they're an expert, you know, maybe they might be an expert, a small area of it. I think we're all still very much learning, um, as the space evolves, you know, because there's so many things that are changing constantly, right? Like even, you know, how, uh, just an example, right? Like how the, the algorithms uh, in, in Twitter are working and the technology and different blockchain platforms and, and even those platforms themselves are evolving and being changed, right? So there's, there's just this constant state of, of, of evolution, which almost requires you to have to be always learning, right? And, and uh, what better way to do it than to do it in community, right? With other people that maybe might have a little more information or a little bit further along in their journey, and then they can kind of share um, their experiences, what they've learned. And, um, and I think what you said is true. A lot of us, I mean, I think pretty much probably everyone here in some way, shape, or form has been helped out by somebody else, you know, like on, you know, what this space means, how to set things up, you know, so um, even like, I'll give an example of that, like, I, I, I never set up a contract or anything before. And then um, somebody named, uh, okay, Cameron was here, uh, Cameron Smith, you know, set up a little space to talk about how do you set up a contract in Manifold? And I was like, cool, let me join and learn. And so he, he you know, and it was nice to be able to just have someone talk through it, and you'd be able to ask them questions, and then you kind of experiment and you learn. And then I was able to then set up my own and like test it out. And then more recently, like we, um, I came up with this idea with some other um, in our friends community. We we found out that somebody really needed a lot of help, and I was like, cool, I can use these skills now to set up a contract for us to do a limited edition to raise funds for this person who's going to need to go through some massive medical bills. And, uh, and was able to use that skill because I learned something from somebody else, from Cameron, who then, and then I practiced it, and then I put it into implementation. And that, that's just beautiful. You know, it's awesome that, like, we can, you know, help each other learn and grow and develop and, uh, and build each other up in this space. You know, I think that's what it's all about. Absolutely. I think that's amazing. And I wish I'd been on that space about Manifold. Honest to God, it's just <laughs> a nightmare. It is a nightmare. <laughs> Even when you watch the videos, I think you're yeah. more confused after watching yes. them than you are before. I think yep. with that with that platform, it is definitely learning by doing. And mm-hmm. yeah, the videos I didn't find very helpful. What I found helpful was just like Giancarlo said, um, having somebody who had previous experience in my ear, sort of guiding me as I actually tinkered yeah. with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There are so many, even to the point that the, the insaneness of this for me is I tried to do um, a smart contract one evening. And so Google was in dark mode. And so I couldn't see any of the fields, any of the writing. It was just the box, but I didn't know what went in the box. And I couldn't find any information anywhere on what went in the box. And I thought, well, this is just crazy because what I would, and then the following morning I would log back in. And of course it was in daylight mode and it was all white. So I could see the text in black. Now I knew but I'd wasted about three hours trying to work out what needed to go in the boxes. There's crackers, but there. Yeah. There you go. Such I, feel life. You. I feel you. And, and you know, what's interesting is like, even for some things, like there's just not enough like guide guides or you know instructional videos or things like that because like even when i was trying to set up some things in in manifold you know i'm like huh i don't you know i'm like okay i know how to do this part of it but then i don't know how to change some of these parameters or settings you know and i'm like trying to google it couldn't find anything i looked up some videos they didn't cover that (laughs) it's not in their training manual guide or whatever page and medium i'm like well i guess i'm just gonna have to like 
trial and error, you know, set one up and nope, it didn't work. Okay, I'll set something <laughs> else up or I'll change the contract again, you know, but absolutely, yeah. Ab- absolutely. And even if you come across a book on Amazon, and I have bought a few Kindle books along the way, and you think, oh, great, you know, an expert, here we go, <laughs> this will do it. And you read the book and you think, well, I've got more questions now than before I read the book. So, you know, we are early, Giancarlo, like you say, and Jenny, it, it's, it is trial and error. And I guess there will come a point where we will be comfortable with it and we will feel like experts in inverted commas. Sooner the better, as far as I'm concerned. A hundred percent. And by the way, yeah, if you if you do want some help with that, I, I'm happy to uh, quickly connect with you, Caroline, and, and ah, walk you through what, you. I, what I've learned. So Thank you. I appreciate that. Happy to help. Sequoia, thanks for joining. Freakland Mama, hey, I see you, uh, you joined as well. David. Audrey, appreciate you guys being on the space as well. Um, but so, and maybe one other thing I did want to ask you then, Carolyn, was um, you know now being in, in, in Web three and and you know in, in the capacity of an artist as a spaces host as a you know a, a thread writer, you know all the, all these different things. Um, was curious, you know, what do you what do you love the most about the Web three space? Oh, good question. Um... I love the Twitter spaces. I have to say, it, I find them amazing, um, both both in terms of the effect on us as the spaces hosts, and I'm sure you feel this as well. There's a um, a pleasure from it because of what you're doing and the knowledge you're imparting and the value that you're giving. Um, but but I think the the thing in Web three that blows me away the most is the community, the the openness the willing to share, um, the embracing of others. It blows me away. There is nothing like it, I don't think, anywhere else. Not that I know of anywhere. There may be communities tucked away somewhere, but there is nothing like it. And that, I think, is the greatest strength. And I I do think about it, you know, in terms of encouraging Web2 to come in and... The, the big businesses coming in. And I'm thinking, will that change it? Will it change? I guess it will. I don't know in what sense. I don't know whether it will be a negative change or a positive. I guess there will be positives from the point of view of maybe tidying things up and making it easier. But I don't know what effect it will have on communities because, and, and, and again, we were discussing it the other day, Web 2, I don't think, get... And Web2 marketing doesn't get the community aspect of Web3. Mm-hmm. And so it is going to have to adapt, isn't it, to come in, really? Or will it? Or will Web3 adapt to it? You know? Yeah, that's a fascinating question. And I've, I've kind it? of like pondered the same thing, too. It's like, will they adapt to the, the community and the, and the current culture or, or, or will they completely change it? You know when they mm. when you get a bunch of new people entering the space and you know so yeah it's it's really kind of a fascinating thing to think about and and yeah I'm not really sure which way it's going to go yeah I think they oh. kind of get it I think if you think about some of the ones that are coming in now and and the way they're marketing NFTs and using NFTs differently surely there must be you know a, a, a light bulb moment for them that they are they are missing an opportunity if they do not build communities, um, I think. But mm-hmm. I don't know. 
I don't know. I don't have insight into that, so I don't know. So it'll be interesting to see how all that rolls out. I think what what may happen if I've I've also pondered this and just watching how certain um, even artists in the space blend both worlds. So like they still have their web two website, they still have their prints, their physicals, their um, quote web two versions, right? And then they have the web three. And I think in general, what's going to happen is that it's not going to be an or, it's going to be an and. And I think that's also going to happen on the tech side. Like I think the experience, for example, with VR and AR is going to blend so seamlessly that there really is going to be kind of like a blurring of all kinds of lines that currently we're experiencing are as this or that. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Go on. Uh, no, I was going to say, I do, I do know we have a hand up. So, uh, Yotemi, thank you for joining the stage. Uh, you had a, a point or a question? Peace and blessings, everybody. Yes, I won this. You know what I'm saying? It's Ayotemi, also known as Indigo 432. And, um, yeah, a little two cents I had on that. Um, one thing about, because I, I think about this also, I'm sure a lot of us do. But it's like, um, one thing that I really love about Web3 is that it seems that the fundamentals of Web3 are based around community, you know what I'm saying? Whereas in Web2, it's very individualistic, you know? Like, for example, Instagram is very much so, look at me, look at my followers, look how many people commented on my picture, look how many likes my picture, God, fuck you, follow me, you know what I'm saying? But in Web3, even as we can see now, down to the, to, you know, like a Twitter space, which is like a very base level instance of Web3. If Giancarlo, God bless you, my guy. If Giancarlo was just like, yo, me, you know what I'm saying? This space would suck. It would only be him, you know? But like, because of fundamentally it's around community, in order for anything to be strong here, it has to be based around community. So that is one fundamental thing that I don't think they'll be able to change. Um, if anything, it'll be about trying to control certain artists and their communities. Um, and even then, there's there's something about the genuineness um, that I don't think that they can do away with. And that's why this is fundamentally a renaissance. And um you know what I'm saying, in, in the in the internet and in, in the way that we relate using technology. Um, but yeah, I, I love this conversation. I'm going to drop down because I definitely had a question for, for Carolyn Hammond. Um, this art is just is breathtaking. So um, yeah, let's let's keep the flow going, but I'm going to drop down, come back up. Sure. No, thanks to Timmy. And man, I, I completely agree with what you said. Um you know, it's, it's really more about the, the spirit of it, the ethos, you know, the, the revolution that is Web3 is, is really flipping the, the narrative away from the individualistic me focus to, to really like community empowering, making it about you, you know. So I, I love that, man. Such a great point. Yes, sir. All right. And Carolyn, just so you know, because I know you couldn't hear him, um, he, he was making a point, but he's going to drop down and then come back up to be able to ask you a question. <laughs> Okie dokie. Let's, uh, can you say something, Ayotemi? Let's, let's check in with Carolyn and see if she can... Check, check. One, two. One, two. Carolyn, could you hear that? No, I'm not sure what's oh, going on here. That's All right, let's, so let's do this. Ayotemi, maybe ask the question and then I'll repeat it for Carolyn. Okay. Let's do All that. Right, for sure, for sure. Just judging by this this image up top, um, it reminds me of like the indigos. You know, It also 
reminds me of like um, sacred geometry. Like whenever I, I take psychedelics or I trip on shrooms, something like that, I'll see these patterns on everything, on people's faces, um, you know, on my own hands, on the sidewalk, on the, in the sky. It's like the uh, flower of life. So I wanted to know if the if the art was influenced by this or the indigos or, you know, to I, I would like to hear about the spiritual aspects of these pieces and what's being depicted. So there are no no psychedelics involved, I have to say, sadly. Um, it's really it's really difficult. You, you know, I wish that I could I could clearly define where they live and where they come from. Um, and it isn't the first time that that's been said about the inspiration and seeing these patterns and sacred ge- geometry. It is not the first time. It, if if I, I don't, it's coming from a space within me. That's all I can say. I I don't know where. I don't know why. I don't know how. Um, but that's where it lives, and there isn't. Um, I, if I am inspired by things, it's just difficult to explain. Um, I see okay. things and I absorb things and I don't necessarily then go away and try and recreate or work on that theme. But I guess in some way I'm influenced. And I guess we all are, aren't we? And and there's been a lot of discussion about AI in that, hasn't there? It, you know, with, with a lot of people seeing it as stealing art and then other people saying, well, we all steal art because we're all inspired mm-hmm. by different people's work. And and so I think, you know, I, I really, really wish I could say that, that I'm inspired by so-and-so and that's where my work comes from and that's what, it, it, but I can't, I really can't because it isn't, it doesn't work that way. And I can't really explain how it does work and how I get where I am. And and genuinely, it, genuinely, I look sometimes at what I do and I spend hours and days at it with no real path. And I think, where am I going with this? I've got no idea. And then all of a sudden I look at it and I think, okay, it's finished. But but I I didn't do that. As bizarre as that sounds, you know, I don't know where it came from. I, I find it stunning that I produced that. How does that work? But I'm very grateful that I've got here. And I think if I've successfully this evening communicated my journey, you will have some understanding that that isn't like modesty or me trying to be something that I'm not. It's a genuine shock situation that I am now in a position in my life where I'm producing such things and I don't know where they come from. This just well of creativity that exists somewhere. Um, Have I become more open and spiritual as a person? Probably yes. Have I always been? Probably yes. I'm fascinated by the human condition. I'm fascinated with, with our energetic nature. I'm fascinated by um, the connections outside of us that happen, synchronicity, uh, and all of that. So, so you know, I've studied psychology. I get all of that, but there is also other elements to me outside of that that have become more um, 
that I've become more passionate about and more intuitive about over the years. And I think, if anything, that question is helping me to understand the path maybe that my art is taking doesn't answer the question and I apologize for that but I, but I can't in that sense does that does that help at all yeah and I know Yotemi had his hand up too so let me just uh let me hear from him and then I'll relay it to you Carolyn okay, okay thank you man John first of all I appreciate you I'm saying <laughs> definitely a pro <laughs> um, <laughs> thank you <laughs> But I guess just to, I, I definitely feel that and I appreciate that answer. I guess a follow-up question just to kind of make it a little less convoluted is like, um, she may or may not have an answer for this, but like, what do these beings or these characters, what would she say that they want? If she could just, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. What do they want? So Carolyn, his follow-up question was, what do these beings or characters want? Oh, that's an interesting one. <laughs> no, yeah. That's an interesting one. Might I say something while you think about it? Y- you can, yes. I was just absorbing everything that's being said. And I think perhaps it's that your characters want to be seen. Oh, God. Do you know, J- Jen, I've just written on a piece of paper that I have on my <laughs> lap to be seen, yes. stroke heard. Yeah. So that's fascinating. That is. That's fascinating. Wow. So, so yes, absolutely. That that's it, isn't it? I think. I think you know. I'm learning so much here tonight. So thank you for this. Um, and I think that's it. I, exactly it. And I think that that's that's the thing with photographs, with images, with the the element of us that we present to the world that is to a large extent a construct. It comes from childhood influences, parental influences. And then as we get older, you know, work constraints and expectations of others, significant others, not so significant others, but we play roles and we become, don't we? But we're not necessarily who we are, who we are inside. And I think that's why some of us in, in, you know, in years, struggle. Who am I? What am I? I don't know who I am. We we look for meaning. And I think that that's maybe what, no, it's not maybe, that is what I'm getting at. That is what I'm digging at when I'm producing these portraits. It's to allow the person inside the being, if you want to call it a being, to be seen and to be heard in all of their glory, in their psychedelic beautifulness, if you like. So that that's amazing. I've never thought about that before, but that's just facilitated that train of thought in me. So I'm not sure who asked that question, but thank you very much. Yeah, no, Yotemi, thank you so much. Yeah, I, I love where this where this took the conversation. And, yeah, me too. Yeah. That that was amazing. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? These are the kind of things the Indigos are intrigued in. <laughs> and I love, I love the answers, honestly. I do got to wrap it up soon. I know. I'm already a little bit late, but mm-hmm. I, 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 when I did want to give a chance to Elox, who's also on the stage, to, to ask a question. So um, apologies for that. But no, hopefully, yeah, I, I appreciate you very much, Ayatemi, for coming up and, and, uh, and asking those questions. I think it really, you know, uh, yeah, yeah. I love where I took the conversation. So appreciate that. Appreciate you being on here. And uh, Elox, uh, are you there? Hello, Jam, everyone. Hello. Yeah, Jam. Um, sorry, I kind of like, have a question, just a quick question. Um, it's about my art, you know, 
I'm actually a, a, a Web2 artist. I want to like switch to like fully Web3, but I don't know. <laughs> it's kind of hard. And I have like a lot of painting I've worked on already. So like moving them to Web3, I don't know. It's kind of complicated for me. I don't know if anyone like can help. Anyone that can help me out, stuff like that. Um, I could maybe just give you um, just my insights onto that. Sometimes I think we think that you can't bring physical art into the blockchain. But the wonderful thing about all of this is that it is extremely flexible. So Carlos, who's in the audience, for example, my husband, his very first collection is quite literally his physical paintings, pictures of them individual pictures of those, each token minted, and just see where it goes. Um, so that that would be my suggestion. Sometimes you just have to do and then see where it goes. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Thanks right. for the help. No, thank you for coming up, Alex, and uh, wishing you best of luck with uh, you know being able to take some of your physical art Web 2 into the Web 3 space. Uh, and I do apologize. I, I've, I've been loving this conversation. Uh, I've been an absolute pleasure having you on here as well, Carolyn, and getting to hear more about your story, your art. I think we've helped you get it tap into the areas and you know ideas that maybe you hadn't even thought about before. I think this is one of the really cool things about this space. So thank Absolutely. you so much for coming on here. Huh? Thank you for having me. I'm really pleased, really honored, and it's been amazing. So thank you. And thank I, you, Jenny. I as absolutely well. loved meeting you. It was a pleasure. Thank you. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for being here today. Appreciate everyone. Have a great Friday and a wonderful weekend. Bye, everyone. Thank you. Bye -bye. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.